0: If anyone is out there listening and currently trying to build something and feeling that struggle, feeling a sense of hopelessness and every day waking up and thinking like, how do I keep going? Know that you're not alone and know that that is very much part of the experience. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, what is the most important trait for a startup founder? and you hear things like vision and communication skills and networking and all these sorts of things, for me, I think it's resilience because you constantly get knocked down. It comes at you from all directions in ways that you expect and more that you don't. How do you just find a way to dig deep and keep going? It's hard. And just know that you're not alone. Hi, this is
1: Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Are you dismayed at how much litter you see, the plastic in the ocean, on the beaches, in your neighborhood, in your yard? Maybe, like me and many others, you pick up garbage every day? Maybe you wish more people were doing it? Maybe you wish you knew that people were doing it so you didn't have to feel alone? Well, you're in luck because you're about to meet Jeff Kirchner, who started Literati. Literati is an app that builds community, it empowers people, and I believe is helping change culture. The way it works, when you pick up litter, it posts your picture, geolocates you, and spreads community with lots of ways of sharing so you can find out what other people are doing, they can find out what you're doing, and it spreads around. It's there's much more details, which you'll hear when I talk to them about it. It's led to millions of pieces of litter, not going to the ocean, cleaner communities, lots of stuff on the outside. I also want to point out on a personal level, I can attest that picking up litter makes me feel more clean, more connected. It's fun. It makes it easier to avoid buying packaged things that would become litter. So it's not just moving litter around from the street to the garbage, but also reducing the amount that's, that's produced. So I could share more. But Jeff and I talk about it. So here's Jeff. And by the way, to prepare, it's literati.org. That's L-I-T-T-E-R-A-T-I.org. That's where to download the app. I don't mind if you pause right now and download it before listening. Try it out. But listen and try it out. Literati.org. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with Jeff Kirsner. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing
0: well, Joshua. Thank
1: you for having me. Glad you could be here. And also glad to to talk to someone who's also doing stuff, not just talking about it. And in particular, one something near and dear to my heart, picking up garbage, (laughs) because I do it every day, but also helping others and making a community out of it. And I wonder if I could describe it, but I bet you could describe it better. Would you mind sharing what you do and what literati is?
0: Literati is empowering people to create a litter-free world. And it all started on a walk in the woods with my two little kids. My daughter, who was four, noticed a plastic tub of cat litter sitting in a creek, and she just looked at me and said, Daddy, that doesn't go there. And it was an eye-opening moment. And when she said that, it reminded me of when I was a kid. And I used to go to summer camp, and on the morning of visiting day, just before they'd let our parents come in, The camp director would say, quick, everybody go pick up five pieces of litter. So you get a couple hundred kids, each picking up five pieces. And within a few minutes, we had a spotless camp. And I thought, why not apply that crowdsourced cleanup model to the entire planet? And that was the inspiration for starting Litterati. And what began as nothing more than a hashtag on Instagram has now become an iOS and Android application that anybody can download and instantly join the community and become part of the solution. So your starting story is,
1: you know, a lot of people have that experience and they just think, oh, I hope someone else does something about that because it's really big and it's too big for me to handle. And, you know, any one person is not enough. Actually, can you give some of the numbers on how much litter has been picked up? How many people have been engaged? Because one of the fun things about Literati is like it it connects you with people. It lets you see that you're making a difference. It helps you see that you're encouraging others. And even though
0: it was just one person who started, it's like way bigger than that. There's been about 150,000 downloads. And those people span across 115 countries. And collectively, uh, we as a community have picked up 4.2 million pieces of litter. Each piece is photographed, mapped, tagged. And that data, like the brand, the material, the location, etc., is being used by cities who want to understand what's lying all over our streets or our playgrounds. It's being used by NGOs who are interested in, you know, protecting the beaches and our parks and the oceans. It's being used by schools and by companies themselves. And so our belief is that, you know, in order to eradicate litter, which is the very mission of Litterati, you need to build a global community. And that global community collects a ton of information. And that information can be used to do everything from influence policy to inspire new forms of packaging, to um, help us all change our own personal responsibility towards the planet. Had you made apps before, or is
1: this something that you learned how to do to to do this particular one?
0: While I have had two other mobile technology startups, I cannot write a line of code. (laughs) Yeah, so I've always, uh, I don't have any expertise in making apps. I've just been fortunate enough to find people believed in what I believed in and uh, became part of the team.
1: Because what's making me really interested suddenly is in this particular area is that I thought, oh, here's someone with a particular expertise and he knows how to do something. Because I think a lot of people out there are like, what can I do? And you don't know how to make apps, but you were able to make this app. And that tells me that lots of other people might think, oh, I don't know how to do X, but some things aren't really that hard
0: if they really set themselves to it. You know, I... I think, at least for me, and I would assume that this is the same for others, when you have an idea, you often don't know exactly how to execute it. And while you may have an understanding of portions of what you need to do to execute it, there are certainly going to be areas that you just don't have the experience or don't have the skill set. And so you need to find people to help your, re- your vision become a reality. and you know, as a founder, I think that is arguably one of the most important skills is being able to deliver a story that is clear and concise and compelling, being able to deliver a vision that other people say, yeah, I want to help. And I'm willing to stop doing what I'm currently doing, or at least give some of my time and resources to to making that, you know, vision that you have into a reality. I think it's, it's critical
1: you just described on a small scale what we need to do on a big scale uh, like a planetary scale did how much of the vision did you have at the beginning and how much how much of it has evolved as a result of doing the action
0: well i think it's constantly evolving and for me i'm one of those people that i really learn best by doing and so you know if you if you simplify the vision to build a global community to crowdsource clean the planet that has always been our why that has always been sort of the the north star if you will but it's the little sort of granular features and, and and things like that, the little hooks the the way we message you know how we treat the data, things like that those um, different aspects have always continuously evolved, and you know I think a key to building a startup is there's so much uncertainty that you have to remain flexible to to follow what the market or your your users your community is telling you so partly I'm wondering if at the beginning, the, if it's evolved and it's
1: very compelling now, was it very compelling at the beginning, the vision in the story or cause do people, how compelling does someone's story and idea have to be at the beginning for them to start? Or can they start with something very rudimentary?
0: I think it's actually really important to start with something rudimentary. And by rudimentary, I don't mean that it's not compelling. I mean, it has to be simple. So I don't think that uh, every idea has to be "let's go change the world." That's just not real realistic. But I do think that your initial idea needs to create a sense of curiosity or be thought-provoking, sufficiently thought-provoking that most importantly, you want to dig deeper, and then hopefully others want to dig deeper, right? So, if your idea is "Hey, I want to," create an application where everybody can become a, a beautiful photographer, well, that's, that's you know, somewhat thought-provoking. But when you start digging deeper and deeper and deeper, suddenly over time, you end up with Instagram, right? And so I, I do think simplicity is so important all throughout the evolution of what you're building. But I don't think it needs to be this, oh my God, that's the best idea I've ever heard the moment you step out. I, I actually don't even think that's realistic.
1: Glad to hear because I feel the same way. And I, as a professor and teaching and coach of, of like entrepreneurial activity, people often get hamstrung by thinking it has to be great at the beginning. It helps. I like to tell stories about how big companies that are very successful got started. And the idea they started with is almost never what they got to later.
0: Agreed. And I mean, Google is a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah. They did not begin as an advertising company. I, I don't know how many people identify them as an advertising company, but an accountant would. I mean, that's where the money comes from.
0: I agreed. And, you know, they certainly didn't start as a mobile operating system. They yeah. certainly didn't start by helping you navigate how to get from point A to point B. And
1: you know the story about them trying to sell their technology for a million dollars? I don't. Yeah. At the beginning, they had a search technology that worked effectively. It, it delivered results that people wanted more. And at the time, the idea was to get portals. And so Yahoo, AltaVista, Excite, I forget the rest, you know, no one knows them anymore. And they went around and they were like, we have a great search. And would you like to buy this technology? And they were looking for a million dollars. And which, you know, nowadays they could like, that's a rounding error to their personal bank accounts, let alone the company. And no one wanted the, they all thought, you know, we want portals. search is like this tiny little thing that's not really that important. And I don't know if people remember, I mean, I don't know. You have to be a certain age to remember portals that were like busy with all sorts of stuff so you could surf. Yes that simplicity that you talked about is I've, it's like, when I see simplicity, I know that took a lot of work. It's, it looks like you just throw the, like the Google homepage must take a lot of work to keep that from getting busy. Yes. And so I agree on simplicity, but I also think that if I think I need simplicity to start, I'm never going to get started.
0: No, I, I, you know, one of the things we're constantly talking about at Literati is do not let perfection get in the way of progress.
1: I also want to, you talked about something compelling for you, the founder, the starter, the instigator. And I want to get to the feeling of, I pick up at least one piece of trash per day. And actually these days it's more like 10 or 15 a day just because it's there. Do you pick up trash every day? Is, that, is it like, not just you're starting this community, but you're also doing it yourself?
0: Of course. And, you know, some days it might be, 10 pieces, other days it could be 200. And my motivation changes, right? So, yes, of course, I am intrinsically motivated to clean the planet, but some days I'm simply out there testing the application. You know, I'm trying to empathize as just not the person who is building this company and and building this application, but as a person in our community, like what are they feeling? Where can this improve? Where are the challenges? So, you know, my sort of motivation, if you will, might be different from time to time. It might be as simple as like testing, you know, what happens when I'm in an area in the middle of the woods and there's no connectivity? And how does that learning lead to a feature that we might build? In fact, you know, we found out, this happened probably two years ago, that a lot of our community was in the middle of the ocean on boats or in the middle of the woods. And they are very environmentally minded. And they were trying to pick up things and use Literati to track their impact, but they didn't have any connection to a network, so the app wasn't useful to them, so that led to us building you know offline capability. You don't need a connection in the room for the application to work. All the data is captured at the moment you snap the photo. and so yeah, I, I do tend to pick up quite a bit and and, <laughs> and uh, I never thought I would have picked up as much litter as I have.
1: And I remember there are people who pick up like a lot of litter.
0: Do you have like a leaderboard? We do. In fact, we just relaunched, or I should say, we just launched the next version of the app and and we are going to be placing the leaderboard back into it. Um, We we refer to it less as a leaderboard, more as an activity board. But yeah, there are people who pick up over a thousand pieces a day.
1: Wow. All right. I'm going to tell you, did I share the story about my friend who... Uh, she took on a personal challenge of picking up litter on her daily walks and with the gloves. No, please do. So a friend of mine, I I walked her through the process. We're going to go through in a minute. And she goes on a daily walk. She lives not far outside of New York City. And apparently there's a a park near her. And for years, she would take a walk every day. And she said for 30 days during that walk, she would pick up garbage. Actually, on the way to getting to that, she said how she, in her words, she was a germaphobe. And she didn't want to touch stuff that was on the ground. And so as we were walking through this, and I didn't record this for the podcast, it was just me talking with a friend. And I said, you know, maybe gloves. And she goes, oh yeah, I guess I can do that. So a month later, I talked to her and I asked how it went. And she said that the first day she went out, she felt so good about picking all the stuff up. She she felt great. She was like, I I wish I'd done this a long time before. It doesn't even take me out of my way. And now I "I thought of passing it by and how it would make me feel passing it by without doing anything. And now I'm doing something. So I thought, oh, that sounds great. And then she says the next day, it was either the second or third day, she forgot her gloves. She she had a bag that she would put stuff in and she's walking along and sees the garbage and she's like, it felt so good before. I just picked the stuff up. And now she doesn't need the gloves. So years of not acting because of whatever it was internal to her, keeping her from doing it, the action of picking stuff up made her feel like this is so like it got over whatever the the germophobia was and i think she still continues in gloves when she did most of the time but she didn't need them anymore and she really enjoyed it it was like she felt great and she unfelt horrible or she un- the guilt was went away and i'm kind of curious you talked about your motivation for a lot of your motivation is going to be for building the app to enable other people to enjoy it and so forth i'm also curious like how does it feel and i can't help but mention when i pick up garbage I feel from the outside, someone might say I'm getting dirty because I'm picking stuff up off the ground. But internally, because I'm cleaning the world, I feel cleaner, even though if I weren't doing it myself, I might feel dirtier. And I'm curious how that, how it feels for you picking stuff up. I mean, maybe just because you're doing an app, you're a special case, but I'm not
0: sure. It doesn't bother me in the least. And I know that there are other people like me, and I know that there are plenty of people who would never, ever, ever pick something up. And so that's fine, right? We're not building an app that the world can use because you know, we know in some ways that's a fool's errand. What we are starting to do, right? We're in our infancy. And so for us, it's about how do you connect with like-minded people to start, right? Who are the people out there who already have a desire to clean the world a uh, desire to track their impact, uh, and they need or want an application that can help them do that. And they need or want to connect with others, right? So that's sort of our first audience, if you will, our first target audience, if you will. That said, I think it's so important for us to constantly listen to them to say, okay, we were able to deliver this first version of the tool, but what else would be helpful? Because if it's helpful for you, it's probably helpful for others. And could we begin to sort of think orthogonally about the new people that might want to become part of this community if the technology could do X, Y, and Z? So I'll give you an example. My dad is 70-some years old. He is not going to go out and pick up 50 pieces of litter a day. That's just not what he's going to do. But what he would do is sit in front of a computer and help label or tag somebody else's images, he would sit there and say that 's a coke can that 's a red bull can that 's a cigarette, et etc, and so forth right and so how do you build this platform of different tool sets that, depending on who uh, a specific community member is, depending on their type of their user type, if you will we 're still just as welcoming to them. Does that make sense
1: yeah, and i I, I love this entrepreneurial focus on delivering an experience and value and community to the users. There's so many people that contact me about promoting their eco thing and they're still promoting more consumption, more buying, and maybe they make it a little bit more efficient, but that's not reducing total waste. And you're focusing on, I guess it's not decreasing the waste, but it's, well, actually, I think it's almost inevitable that if people pick up trash, they're going to start reducing the packaging that they get themselves. Like how many Starbucks plastic coffee cups can you get off the ground before you start realizing, wait a minute, I got to stop getting them myself. Absolutely right. And it's, that's, what's so appealing to me about what you're doing is that it's leading to reduction, not just efficiencies and efficiency and total waste are not, you can easily increase efficiency and increase total waste. And I see a lot of that. And I believe that what you're doing is going in another direction. And so many. I'm glad to see that an entrepreneur can say there's opportunity here.
0: And look, it's hard, right? It's really, really hard to figure out what is the way to deliver something that is delightful and surprising and impactful, and dare I say even fun, that makes somebody say, you know what, I want to go out and pick up a piece of trash that somebody else threw on the ground. Or that flew out of a trash can, right? Like that's just not easy to do. And so, you know, our position is we simply want to empower other people to create an impact. This is not about me, it is about we. And if we empower different communities, it doesn't matter if you're a fifth grade school class or a 60 year old woman who walks her beach every day. Like if we can empower these people to make a difference in their own communities, then we then we think we're doing a pretty good job. If you hadn't
1: said fun, I would have added it because I think it's fun. And maybe other people do it for different reasons. It's a different kind of fun than like playing a video game or playing sports.
0: It's But it's it's definitely fun. There's something about it. And there's elements of fun that we can introduce, which we haven't yet, that we think can make it More fun, but it all comes back to connection and community. So, you know, everybody throws out the term gamification. And I think you have to be careful when you take different aspects of gamifying a situation or an app. But there are clearly things that we can do to make it a little bit more fun. So, we just introduced something called challenges. And challenges for literati are anybody can create a challenge and say, I am uh, creating this challenge to pick up a thousand pieces of litter in. Battery Park, Manhattan. And then I can invite people to come and participate in my challenge. And then we can track our progress. That's a first step for us. But where we could go is imagine I could challenge you directly one-on-one to say, I challenge you to pick up five things a day. And the minute that your five things are picked up, I get notified, hey, Joshua achieved his challenge. Now it's your turn to pick up five things. We can start to experiment with aspects of the application like that. Or badges. Let's say you picked up 50 pieces in the city of San Francisco or on the streets of Singapore. Could you all of a sudden receive the San Francisco or Singapore badge? Or if you picked up 50 Starbucks cups, could you pick up a Starbucks badge? Like There are different elements that we can test to determine how to integrate more fun into the application so that it still creates an impact on the environment. I
1: have no problem if people are pausing this and going and downloading Literati right now. Actually, have you given the URL? I'll put it on the page and I'll say it in the, in the intro, but can you give, how can they get it and so forth?
0: Yep, you can find it in either app stores, Google Play Store or the iOS app store. Our website is just literati.org and you can find us across all the social platforms.
1: So everyone so go get it. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodakcom slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. And now I want to work with you a bit on see if you're up for a challenge yourself. But to get there, Okay, there's plenty, I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a lot of passion in what you do. And part of it is to deliver value to the customer and to build community, I think. But it feels like the environment is something important to you. Do I read that right? You do. And you talked about the origin story, if that's the right way to describe it, with you and your daughter. And my son, yep. And your son. And what does the
0: environment mean to you? That's a great question. You know, the first word that came to mind is it, it means home. This is and I know i 'm stating the obvious, but this is where we live right we We need to be able to have clean air and, and clean water and and not you know pollute the environment and not put uh, toxic elements into the water and into the soil. so what the environment means for me is fundamentally it is home without environment and with if we have a compromised environment, then we 're all worse off for the wear so I heard you said
1: home was the core was the core piece. I actually heard a mix of things because also you talked about pollution and an encroaching, I take it into that home. There's a part that is comfortable and there's a part that's maybe threatening, but I'm not sure if I'm putting words into your mouth.
0: You're not putting words into my mouth. And I hadn't actually thought of it that way. I wasn't conscious of that when I, when I said that, but I think you're absolutely right. It is as topical today as ever. Climate change is... All on all over the news, as it should be. It's on top of everybody's minds. That is environment, right? What's going on in the oceans? Ocean acidification or the plastic pollution in the ocean? That is environment. That is on uh, top of everybody's mind. And so there is a lot that is threatening us currently. And so for Literati, our sort of the way we communicate to to the to our community and to the world is not it's doomsday, but it's more hey, there's a problem and it's going to take all of us working together to solve it. And so how do we think optimistically, but also not just talk about it? How do we actually do something, right? How do we empower people to do something? Marching and, um, and creating uh, stories around the problems that are happening in the world are obviously great for creating awareness. But at the end of the day, like, what can you as an individual do? What are you going to do? And I think that's what we're trying to build is the ability for people to actually do something. So I'm reading that like empowerment
1: of oneself and one's community seems really, I I heard you say empower several times before. And so I feel like mixed in with there's a home that's being threatened and there's, but we can act we can be optimistic. We can not be fatalistic.
0: Yes. And while I think it's important to understand the gravity and Urgency of the situation. I also believe that it's important to do our collective best to inspire people that there is hope. Because if you take a fatalist, at least if I took a fatalistic perspective, that just feels incredibly defeating. It's almost as if there's no we're we're beyond the point of return, and we may as well give up. As long as you know, I, I refuse to buy into that. I need to feel that I can at least contribute to a positive outcome.
1: Yeah. When you put it that way, when I think of people who say things like, well, you know, even if we stopped emitting everything right now, we can't stop a lot of the change that's going to happen. And so we might as well just keep doing what we've been doing. And I don't think there's enough fun and distraction to make up for the hole in just giving up like that. Like the hole in one psyche that that leaves of saying, I'm powerless, and there's nothing I can do, and it doesn't matter anyway. I'll just go for the, you know, I don't know, the strippers and the booze or whatever. And, or I guess traveling around the world and thoughtlessly,
0: it doesn't seem like it would fill that gap. Yeah, it wouldn't fill mine either. And I'll also add to that. I think it's taking the easy way out. It's really easy to be the skeptic. It's really easy to point a guilty finger at somebody else. It's really easy to say, Somebody come do this there's a problem. somebody come help right it's a lot harder to actually do the work, and so I think it's if you take that doomsday scenario there's just I see no good that comes from that, and again, I want to be clear, I'm not suggesting that we should not talk about the urgency or severity or gravity of our given of our current problems but i I don't think that there it's just not in my DNA to say. Well, then I don't know what we should do. We should just give up. Like, you know, I'm very much driven to say, well, then let's find a solution. And maybe we need to really think differently. But let's find a solution. Cause either way, you know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. So wouldn't you rather have fun trying <laughs> along the way? <laughs> All
1: right. Now I'm gonna invite you, based on what on what you've said about your your view of a home and the pollution and the alternatives of how one could act or not act, I invite you at your option to think of something to do that you're not already doing. There's a couple things I have to point out that you're not already doing that is not telling other people what to do. So it's something that you would do with your hands and, and can't be just awareness or education. It has to be something measurable. You don't have to measure it, but something that makes a physical difference to act on what you care about. And I think with you, I don't have to say this, but I'll say it anyway. I'm not saying you have to fix all the world's problems by yourself overnight, but just to do something that you're not already doing. And in a little bit, have a second episode and share what the experience was
0: like. As you were saying that, I was trying to think about what is that thing that I would try, but okay, I, I will.
1: So most people don't have something right off the bat. Although if we go back and forth a few times, then almost always someone says, you know, I've been meaning to do that for a while and they don't usually think of it. But do you mind going back and forth a couple of times to come up with something?
0: I actually would love to do this.
1: So going back to what you were saying about, I think the rooting in it, it being a threatened home might be a good starting point of something to act on. You're already picking up litter. That's like something some people, a lot of other people haven't done, but you, you're already doing, but maybe something on something like that. I'm not sure if that's close or far.
0: Well, and are you looking for me to find something to supplement that in addition to that, like something unrelated or related?
1: Related to your feelings about what matters to you. So not like, if you don't really care about straws and you're like, I'm not going to use straws that wouldn't really do it because you'd be doing it for someone else. But if it's something that, that relates to you and your life and what you care about, so it could be related to
0: literati or it might not be related to literati. So I've got something that that you just triggered. Uh And you you made this comment earlier about how engaging in literati can influence other aspects of your life around waste reduction. And so because I have two kids, both of whom uh, love granola bars, out of convenience, oftentimes we are buying lots of granola bars. And they are individually wrapped. That is extra wasteful packaging. So one thing that I've thought about doing, but candidly haven't done more than maybe once or twice in the last couple of years, is just making granola bars from scratch in bulk at home. And then trying to replicate what we are buying in a store so that my kids are still happy and that I'm reducing all of that waste. That sounds on a personal note. I really like the sound
1: of that. I'm in my apartment and looking at when you know I avoid packaged food. I don't know if you know, but I do avoid packaged food. And I I went through one of the one of the things that got me was vinegar. I was always buying vinegar in jars, and I looked online. It turns out all you got to do is chop up some apples, throw them in a jar with some water, and you're done. And wait a month. And people come over and they're like, "God, that sounds like a lot of work." I'm like, "I chopped two apples," (laughs) and. It tastes really good, and with practice, I've gotten really good at it. And and I hear you something like now. I'm thinking I want to do something like that too.
0: <laughs> it's a small thing that has an outsized impact.
1: I can't predict what it'll be like, but I I predict a family getting around together and doing fun things together, like liking the liking the activity. I, I mean, I'd want to hear. Yeah, how long do you think it would take to do this to to be able to. If we talk a second time for you to say, this is how it went. This is what worked. This was didn't work or whatever to show the experience.
0: Oh, I think if I wasn't able to do it within a month, that just meant I wasn't trying hard enough. I mean, I could sit here and tell you, like, I should be able to do that by tomorrow or by the end of the week. And then you start thinking about, okay, all the things I've got going on in my life, like when, like to just be realistic about it, right? So it's okay. I'm going to figure out what are the ingredients that I need and that my family will consume. I'm then going to set aside the time to make sure I get these ingredients, set aside the time to bake and then have it and then get back to you. Like, I I think we tend to, there's that great quote, like underestimate or overestimate how much you can accomplish in a day and underestimate how much you can accomplish in a year. And so one of the practices I've tried to put in place recently is really trying to be honest with myself, radically honest about how long it will take me to do any given thing. And so, I'm saying to you in one month, I would love to come back to you and say, I've done this uh, experiment and here's how it went. Here's where it failed. Here's where it succeeded. Here's where I think it can improve.
1: All right. So after we finish recording, well, uh, I propose we'll get out the calendars and figure out uh, a, a recording in a month. I wish I were near, uh, near enough to you that I could come by and have a granola bar. <laughs> Homemade. I hope to sample one one day. Uh, unless you come back and say, I'm horrible at this stuff. They tasted terrible and everyone hated them.
0: Well, either way, it would be great to just go through this process.
1: So I propose we pick up right here next time, but I do like to close with a couple questions. If there's anything you'd like to say directly to the audience and if there's anything I didn't think to ask that's worth bringing up. And please also share again where they can get the, the app.
0: Yep. So again, you can download Literati for free, iOS, Android, um, and you can find us uh, on you know Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And please join us in the conversation. We, we want to most importantly hear how can we improve? right? How can we better serve you? And the one thing I would offer is if anyone is out there listening and, and currently trying to build something and feeling that struggle and, and feeling a sense of you know, hopelessness and, and just every day waking up and thinking, like how do I keep going? Know that you're not alone and know that that is very much part of the experience. You know, one of the questions I get asked a lot is, you know, what is the most important trait for a startup founder? And you hear things like, you know, vision and communication skills and networking and all these sorts of things. For me, I think it's resilience because you constantly get knocked down and it comes at you from all directions in ways that you expect and more that you don't. And so how do you just find a way to dig deep and keep going? It's hard. And just know that you're not alone. And to that point, my email is just jeff at literati.org. If you want to chat about literati or something else, that's how you reach me. That's all I would say. And uh, happy to answer any questions that you have.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to ask a follow-up question on... Resilience is it something that you do? You have more resilience now than you did before, or did you have a lot of it to start with? Did you learn it? If someone doesn't have it, should
0: they give up? Or that's a good one. So I grew up playing sports. That's just what I did. I was very dedicated to really athletics and and, and trying to you know perform at a high level and. You know, looking back, I was always pretty resilient, you know, on the soccer pitch. It didn't matter if we were down three nothing and there was one minute left. Like, I never quit. And so, maybe in that aspect, uh, I was always resilient. But when it comes to, you know, building a business, no, I think it's something that has been hopefully built over time. And I think that only happens by constantly getting knocked down, which I have been. More times than I can count and and yeah, it, it hurts and it's hard and there's you know a million days you know that you want to give up or I should say a million reasons why you think you should give up and you know countless days where you're like I, I don't know how to keep going, but hopefully that muscle strengthens over time. I, I think that is what has happened with me, but by no means is it easier like it, I still feel that every single. You know, almost every day, I still feel it.
1: I can't help but attach a word. There's a word that comes to mind when someone sticks through things like that. And the word to me is glory. I, I don't know if this connects with other people, but it feels like slogging through stuff that you could just as easily say, oh, I'll just get a job and be like, you know, do the regular thing. And other people have no idea. They could look at at your app and say, oh, look, this is so obvious. Anyone could have done it. she um, did it first, of course, but I could have done it. It would have been trivial. And they wouldn't know that you that what you had to get through and what you had to work through. And to me, that's just glorious. I, I don't know if that resonates with other people or not. But when you say it, it's like, it's like Rocky running up the art museum steps. Or, or that is another representation of what, of what you're talking about to me. I don't know if that resonates or not.
0: Yeah. You know, as somebody who grew up in Philadelphia, I appreciate the Rocky mention. You know, look, somebody could look at us and say, oh. I, you know, I could have done that, and I and maybe they could have. Maybe they have like the perfect skill set, or maybe they know right the 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 individuals or the or the firms that are going to fund them to to get to where we have, or, or maybe they have this incredible voice that just inspires millions of people. And and maybe they could have. Maybe what has taken us you know x amount of time would have taken them half of that, and that's great. This has just been our experience. This is what we have gone through. And you know, we also are big believers especially when it comes to something like cleaning the planet like the more people the merrier. We are n- we do not believe that literati is the you know the perfect end all be all it's certainly not. Like if you have an idea and it's the same as ours like go for it. Like that's what it's going to take. This is a big big bad problem. And so the more ideas the better and and really, we're here to support you. That's always been our take.
1: Well, this is for me a high point in this conversation. And I'm going to leave the listeners wanting more. And also, so that we can pick up right here when we start next time. Jeff Kushner,
0: thank you very much. Joshua, thanks. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to share our story.
1: I want to reiterate how literati motivates picking up litter. And picking up litter motivates buying less of what becomes litter. You want corporations and government to change? You think individual actions don't matter? When they see their warehouses filled with plastic and wrapping that we won't buy, that will help them change. When politicians see people valuing cleanliness from their action, not just their words, they'll follow because they want your vote. On a broader scale, Jeff is one guy. But he helped empower people all over the world to act and to enjoy themselves, to change millions and on the way to metro and he's just getting started so lots of litter is not making its way into the ocean it's not choking the wildlife and things like that what's waiting around the corner for you to find you heard how he thought about the granola bar waste but didn't act but then when he did think to act and actually started planning i heard that he was glad to so i ask you what's beneath the surface for you that when you think to act based on what you care about that you'll be glad to do that too Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating, others should act first or making excuses to the empowering, I can make a difference. And living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.